0: From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun.
1: If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul.
0: I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We're excited you're listening and uh, thrilled to have you for this episode we've got a lot to talk about tonight well uh... we've got a couple car debates for you tonight and the first one is Derek in michigan he is actually about to become a new father so congrats on the kids uh... definitely definitely. coming up and uh... todd can tell you all the ways that kids change your life including in the car area (laughs) and also (laughs) how everything you suddenly owns turns to plastic
0: (laughs) yes this is true
1: and uh... we've also got john from alabama and John, your, your car ownership is all over the map, so you're throwing us curveballs here. And I'm excited yes, to discuss definitely. this. So, uh, Absolutely. But so, yeah. but
0: first, we've got another one of those interesting what if questions actually posed by, by one of our uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, this is the last time, of course, we did money, no object, what are the three cars you would buy? This time, we're going to rein it in quite a bit. Mm, Not all yeah. the way back to reality, but close. This is the $100,000 garage question. You've got a maximum of $100,000 to spend, no cars in your garage, what cars would we get? That could be one car, that could be however many cars you can figure out, $100,000. But for each of us, with 100 grand, what would we do? And here's an interesting point about this. Obviously, for everyday driver, we focus on cars you can get into for around 50 grand or less. It is interesting to ponder the fact that the average car price in the US now is 30 grand. So if you're a family who has bought two new cars in the last few years, you've spent 60 grand right so while a hundred grand is a stretch it's not like some ridiculous I'd never have a hundred thousand dollars in cars thing I think that's kind of a realistic aspirational number in some to some degree so I'm oh. excited to talk about hundred thousand uh, dollars but real life too that's the other caveat I want to say this is I got to speak at this from my real life you need to speak at this from your real life. Uh, that'll be interesting to talk about. Hundred thousand dollars. What would you do, my friend?
1: Well, that is interesting. And as you know, on the show, the way we rate cars, when we give it a four-star rating, that does mean we would buy this car. But the caveat, True. as Todd has suggested, there's an extra layer of actual ownership. Does it actually fit our lives? Because we've given yeah. Yeah. four stars to cars like the GTR, or you know, think of a lot of things that we would love to have. But it doesn't necessarily fit our lives or our needs. True. So, true. true, true. Keeping that in mind, that is an extra layer of reality for both of us. And I look at this 100 grand and think, well, you're right. 30 grand is an average. So by that math, you could get three cars. You could fill up your garage. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, but I think, well, maybe two is all I really need at this point. And I'm thinking something nice and something fun. That's kind of my breakdown and the okay. way i've approached this is more of a 60 40 and quite actually 60,000 and 40,000 <laughs> okay. somewhere in there because i know i can get something pretty nice for 60 grand might not yeah. be new but something fun has to be in there too so that's that's the, my approach at this point that's how i'm kind of looking at this rather okay. and, than in you know a bunch in, of different my... lower price cars
0: Sure, sure. In my side of the world, I'm going to spread the wealth a little bit further because I am going to think about, okay, so what does my wife drive? I am going to think about, okay, I've got to put my son in something and yeah, it right. has to survive brutal winters. I've got to be able to have you know snow on the ground for four or five months out of the year. Go skiing; these kind of things have got to happen in my real garage. So those were certainly considerations for me as well. But but what's on your list, my friend?
1: Well, I am a Porsche guy, and uh, I can hear Shocking. the the collective eyeball roll right now across the uh-huh. internet. But it's yes, got to be it's got to be the Cayman. I still come back to that car, thinking right. how much I love the driving dynamics of that car. Sure, I will sure. add just as a tease how much I liked. The teaser Alpha 4C, but I'll just leave it at that, and <laughs> keep moving on from there. But yes, Porsche, the Porsche Cayman is something else. Uh, but for a hundred grand. I think both of my choices are going to have to be used, quite honestly, because my taste runs a little bit more towards (laughs) some nice German automobiles. So, okay, call four. And I have seen the the
0: watches you wear. You you wear watches to make up for the fact that I don't wear one. (laughs) So I I know that you have uh, you have excellent taste. So keep going.
1: Well, I I try. We've got to balance out the world too, and we've got to balance out the fuel that you Prius drivers. Saved yes. by burning gas for the show, so we've got to balance we're, we're
0: doing we're doing that for certain, so go on what what <laughs> give me the rest, rest of the list
1: so the came in call it forty grand, all right, something used okay. and sure. call it forty grand so I've got sixty to play with, and I'm thinking it's got to be a nice something that can hold people, do airport runs, you know, go to a nice dinner, road trips, go camping, all those yeah, kinds yeah. of things mm-hmm. and i've Even though I have not driven this car yet and would like to, Todd and I are talking about SUVs, light, you know, smaller SUVs at this point, but the Porsche Macan Uh intrigues me Uh like you wouldn't believe. Not the turbo, but just the S. And they're about 60 grand. Paul Schmucker with the
0: all Porsche garage. And the frightening thing here is I can actually see that. I can see your (laughs) garage with a Cayman (laughs) Parks next, next to a Macan. They would both be, for those of you that don't know, if you ever want to see a car in spotless showroom condition, wow. you go anywhere near Paul's cars. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a second. I'm gonna tell a little story that <laughs> continues to make me laugh. Uh-oh. Paul was at a press event about a year ago. Okay, he was at a press event in his Audi A4 wagon, which was an 4 by the way. He was at a press event a year ago in that car. Okay, oh, so yes. it's almost a ten-year-old car at that point. Right. At lunch, all of the journalists are leaving. To go to the lunch spot and then gonna come back. And if you take one of the press cars from this event, you have to sign for it. And th- and this is a track event, so there's all kinds of cars uh, there, I all forgot all, about all this. makes and models. I completely I forgot. did not because this is you and a story, my friend. Oh my god! So as Paul is leaving the event, the woman with the clipboard kind of starts freaking out. Sir, sir, you didn't sign for that car. You didn't sign it out. And he looks at her and he goes, "Ma'am, <laughs> this is a 2004." It looked so good she thought he was in one of the <laughs> brand new press cars. This is how Paul keeps his garage. Oh. And I'm jealous, which is why I tell the story. So you with two Porsches in the in the garage would be an awfully nice garage. I mean, wouldn't I'm gonna that look jump pretty?
1: The two Porsche keys, you know, yeah, hanging no, next to each other? No
0: no one listening thinks that wouldn't look pretty. But we're all kind of look great. <laughs> insanely jealous. All right.
1: But uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in yours, here. yes.
0: I'm going to jump in here with uh, with mine. Because I've actually got to think about, obviously, uh, uh, what does my wife want to drive? And here's the thing. My wife used to have a Jeep Wrangler. She misses it terribly. She wants another one. She's not even looking for a nice one. She wants a Jeep Wrangler, yeah, you know she's... big, big wheels, nice stick shift. She just wants that big bang around in car. And the great thing about that is they're cheap and they would survive winters wonderfully. So I would get would, probably yeah. a ten to fifteen thousand dollars Jeep wrangler, you know, two door. All-wheel drive. I'd even go back late 90s, early 2000s when they were still making the uh, the inline 640. Uh, I can definitely see
1: her bombing around in a, in a Wrangler. Yeah, yeah.
0: She would love it. That would be a great, if the weather's ugly, we need an extra car for the winter because I've got another one coming up. Extra car for the winter. That works perfect. She would love having one in the garage. She wouldn't want to drive it all the time, but what a great fun car for her and would serve our needs in the winter. Yeah. So that's kind of her fun car and our backup winter car.
1: Okay. So that's My fifteen main- grand, right?
0: Yeah, my main family car. I'm kind of shocked to say this, but I've driven it and I like it so much. I like the interior so much, like the dynamics so much. I am leaning used Panamera 4.
1: Wow. You're kidding I know, me. I
0: know. I know. I know you're shocked because I have admitted many, many times, I don't love the look of that car, but the dynamics. We've driven it on the track. The dynamics of it are great. Four real seats, a worthwhile hatch. If you're driving that as dad, running dad errands, you're still a very, very happy man. So <laughs> Panamera 4, okay, I could drive it year-round, terrible weather. I could track it if I wanted. Great in that regard. I don't even. I mean, 4s if if I could swing it. But I'm talking trying to spend fifty to fifty-five grand here. Okay, so if I was go go 4s. Great. If it needs to be a four, fine. So but you're at all sixty-five, seventy
1: grand somewhere in there.
0: Yep, yep, sixty-five, seventy. Okay. So then I've got to have something. The other end of the spectrum, light, tiny, focused on driving. So, of course, nobody's surprised. I'm leaning <laughs> Lotus Elise.
1: You know that that Lotus Elise fund still exists, doesn't it? If people want to contribute to that, that doesn't that still exist? <laughs> no somewhere? one has
0: contributed to the Lotus Elise fund, but we have joked about its existence <laughs> before. I would um, love to have an Elise. I will also say this though: it's a worthy fund. <laughs> the Elise, of course. The Elise, of course. I would love to get one that O8 or beyond. That's a supercharged. That's actually a little bit better car. I love the Elise. What's surprising me, though, is how much the Evora's prices are coming down. It's a little bit more usable car. It has the 2 plus 2 back seats. Yeah. I could put my son in that a lot easier. If it dropped enough, if we're playing with play money, in the 40-45 grand range is the Evora, which is too much to make my equation work. But it's just outside, and a little more usable car. But for now, I'm going Elise. So Panamera, Elise... Jeep Wrangler, that is quite a mixed garage. I'm not Mr. Porsche, but I'm quite a mixed garage there. <laughs>
1: that is interesting. Can you get the Recaro kid seat to the right so you can have your son in the car with you and be bombing around through canyons in that car? That would look cool. I oh, I,
0: I would love to do that. In fact, that reminds me of that story. We were talking about it last week. I was at a, a Cars and Coffee, Oh yeah, and I saw a guy pull in, a dad pull in. And, and I applaud dads for putting your kid in your supercar in a car seat. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And when you yeah. become a dad, there's just certain things where you go, well, I can't have nice things anymore. That got ruined. It just happens. <laughs> They're but, made out of but plastic. This, <laughs> but this dad pulls in in a brand new, I mean, still dealer plates 458 Italia. So, of course, everybody in the place is drooling on it. His son gets out of his car seat, which makes this guy kind of my hero, until they left. And when he said to his son, who was about three and a half or four, hey, get back in the car, his son walked in dad's side of the car across the driver's seat, across the carbon fiber center console. I mean, like stepping on it as he goes to plop into his uh, his car seat. And I just thought, you know, there is another door. I, I I respect that you've got your son in the car. I think that's fantastic, Bravo! But open his door I mean, of Have all cars for his the kid seat. to do
1: that on. That's oh, ridiculous.
0: And anyway, but well, hey, s- you know. This would be a nice problem to have. I, w- yeah, I would, would be more than happy to let my son step on a center, fi- center console made of carbon fiber if I could afford that car. But this well, is not the world that I live in.
1: Speaking of dads, that's a great segue on to Derek in Michigan for the first car debate because oh, yeah, sure. he's about to be a dad and twins. Yep. So Derek, congratulations. Thanks for sharing. And I'm very curious to debate this one with you because you've <laughs> got you've got quite a list of requirements. And the one that keeps jumping out here is that it's got to be all-wheel drive. Because you're in Michigan, yep. you're yep. driving. You said you work as an auditor, so I'm guessing maybe insurance auditor or something like that. But you're driving 40 to 45,000 miles in a year. Unbelievable. Yep. So yep. you're yep. spending time in this car.
0: Definitely. Something he's he's got to like what he's in, no question.
1: Yeah. You know, winter months in Michigan, so you're saying all-wheel drive. You've got quite the varied requirements here. All-wheel drive, yep. but you've got the family coming up. So that's Mm -hmm. twins. Mm -hmm. So that means suddenly you're going to be a family of four and you're also an SCCA license holder, which means you're going to be auto crossing. Uh, you said five to six times a year. So this is quite an interesting requirement. And then you're talking to us about maybe two cars, but you prefer one just because of less insurance and less upkeep, which I understand. So,
0: Let me clarify, though. You did also say here you've already bought your wife an X3. So that'll be the primary family car. So you've got the primary quasi-mom-mobile is handled. You've got the X3. So this isn't... You're not looking to buy a car that is the be-all, end-all. However, you'd love to have one car that does it all. Right. You are interested in hatchbacks because you just like the usability. You have a dog, these kind of things. I mean, there's a lot of little variables. But let's be honest. That's life. Certainly when you add twins and you have a dog and you want to take the family, there's a lot of little things that get in the way of, hey, let me buy a fun car. Yeah. But we want to get you into something fun anyway. What I think is interesting is he currently has... Did you notice this as well? He has a 2009 Audi TT Quattro. That threw me for a loop, has a, to be honest. 145,000 miles on it, and he has no problems. Now, the Audi TT kind of leads the list of Audis people have had problems with. Right. So the fact that you've got one with hundred and forty-five grand, <laughs> that is just a dream. Uh, honestly, this part of me wants you to just keep that car because you've found a unicorn. So bravo. Yeah. I but,
1: mean, congratulations. And maybe yeah. sometimes we might recommend keeping the car you have. That might be an option. Yeah.
0: But but I think there's some interesting stuff here, um, and, and, and one of the things, I want to go on a little side note. You did say that one of the cars you considered was the Cadillac CTS-V wagon, but your wife thinks that Cadillacs are for old people. Well, mm-hmm. let me say two things. First off, that. yes, that is the reputation. She's not you know out in left field thinking that. That is the reputation, however... Cadillac is working full time to kill that reputation. In many cases, especially in Dynamics, they are accomplishing that. And I have to say, the CTS-V Wagon, that is a dad's driver's car. Go find one, go drive one. They'll be hard to find, honestly, but go find one, go drive one. That's what they kind of call the journalist special, because journalists, we invariably end up liking really hot wagons, right? and that's no exception with us, and that is like a a car built for journalists or people that are dads that are enthusiasts. I think that's a really interesting car, and Cadillac is not what they were, honestly, even 10 years ago. They've changed a lot. I agree. So I I would at least go look, take your wife, see if you can find one. They're kind of cool. i got to be honest.
1: The only holdback there is it's not all-wheel drive, which... If that's something that really is a requirement, Derek, I understand, but I'm in agreement with Todd. That CTS V wagon, I never see those. And so when I do see yeah. one, that turns my head. I think it's and unique. I, will say- I think it's very tasteful and as you said, Cadillac is destroying that reputation slowly, but they are.
0: And with the amount of mileage you do in a year, as much as the CTS V-Wagon is awesome, as much as the mileage you do in a year, I don't know that you're going to want that big engine. So getting into the slightly less thirsty V6 all-wheel drive might actually be a better match for you. It's not nearly as hot. But I actually saw one of those last winter where I live. Uh, You know, all-wheel drive CTS wagon. That was a cool car, man. And that's that's a car that is such a sleeper. At least go look. It's worth looking. So what else do you have, man?
1: That is a good caveat, because I will say, even if we recommend cars that might turn you off initially, at least drive them so you've got the seat experience, and you can bring that to the next car that you drive and think, all right, at least I've driven it, so then you know. Something Mm -hmm. might surprise you. So something that jumped out at me here was the recent Subaru WRX that we drove. That's the 2015 WRX. And I came away very impressed with that car, and that jumped to the front of my mind when I read this, thinking, okay, all-wheel drive, you can beat on it, it's going to be kid-friendly, it's going to be fine, it's going to get good gas mileage, it's going to be bulletproof in the winter. Of course, winter tires, Mm -hmm. side Mm -hmm. note. Yep,
0: yep, absolutely. The only
1: problem that is holding me back is the uh, autocross aspect of your request because it comes with that CVT transmission. And Todd and I are seeing this to be a growing trend from automakers across the board. They're putting more and more CVT transmissions in cars, and it Mm -hmm. turns it Mm -hmm. into much less of a driver's car. If you don't believe us, go drive one for yourself. They're fine, and there might be some that are better than than others, but generally speaking, we didn't like the one in the, uh, what was that, just the Outback that we drove uh, Uh, earlier this year? Standard Impreza. Standard Impreza. Standard Impreza. Impreza,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we didn't come away impressed at all, but the WRX is available with the CVT. It might be better in that car, and it might be better because the car has a lot more power. So that car couple jumped of, out to me.
0: A couple of thoughts there, though. Here's the thing. We, we didn't mention up front that because of the amount of mileage, the amount of commuting that he does, he actually has requested automatic, even though he likes stick. He has requested automatic for his primary car. Maybe right. stick if we were just recommending a track car. So right. that's Great the reason point. that we're talking CVT at all. The thing about it is, as CVTs go, it's a decent one, and it does a decent job of approximating gear ratios. But mm-hmm. they are, for automatics not being involving, and that being the problem for enthusiasts with automatics, the CVT goes even less involving. That is the problem with them. So, so automatics have kind of split themselves. If, you, if you're not already aware of this, they've kind of split themselves. You have the world going towards CVT, which is less involving and less connected between you and what's going on with the car. And then the rest of the world's going dual-clutch, which is awesome. Right. So Automatics is split down the middle. So unfortunately, the Subaru has got the CVT now. That's great for gas mileage. It's not great for involvement. But the other problem with your recommendation on the WRX is he kind of wants a hatch. I hate to okay. beat on the new WRX is not a hatch thing again yeah, because is Subaru is getting hit from all sides. But if they bring the hatch back, I think it's a fantastic choice. You could buy an older WRX maybe and get the hatch You could. um, You could. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only other issue that I see there. But keep going.
1: All right. So I thought of the 2015 Volkswagen Golf R because Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. DSG gearbox in that car, brilliant. We love that car. Yes,
0: definitely. Definitely.
1: We're looking forward to driving that car. We've driven the new 2015 GTI, but the R is going to come with a whole lot more power. It's all-wheel drive, truly an all-wheel drive. But then I read, you just switched out a 2011 Golf for this 2014 BMW X3. <laughs> True. Now, it True. was yeah, yeah. just a Golf, so it probably was you know far less power than the R is going to be, and it's certainly not all-wheel drive, and it might not have had that DSG gearbox. I'm not sure uh, what those 2011s had. It
0: doesn't say. doesn't say.
1: But that popped to my mind. If you liked it at all, you could go back to that. It would be a different car, even though... Yes, it's kind of going back to a Golf. But you can get it in the four-door, which means it would be good for mm-hmm. a growing family. And it could be something you can autocross. You can put mileage on. It could be a decent all-rounder in there. And the transmission is yeah. solved. The DSG yeah, is great. I think,
0: I think the new I think the new R is a worthwhile consideration. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that, that's not bad at all. Um, I've got a couple here. Uh, let's see. Yeah. One of the ones you mentioned in passing... You mentioned maybe the A7, maybe the Porsche Panamera. Well, Mm. I've already said I'd love to have a Panamera. We've driven every variation on the track. That car is better dynamically than you even think it is. Yes, it seems like a big car. It is shockingly nimble on the track. You could legitimately track that car. You could legitimately SCCA it, autocross (laughs) it. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't be the obvious choice pulling in, but you know what? There's a part of me, man, that wants you to pull into that event. Honestly, Derek, I want you to pull into that event with two empty car seats in the back, in your Panamera, and be like, that's right, I'm here to race. Because that you could be awesome. in that car. You absolutely could. And if they would allow you, they won't. But if they'd allow you, I'd love for you to strap the kids in and take them along. That will never happen. <laughs> but, but anyway, awesome. just the two car seats in the back, I just want to see you rock that, because I think that's awesome. I would say Panamera is a better driver's car than the A7. The A7 is a better cruiser. Now, the right. A7 is probably 70%, 80% the dynamics of the Panamera. The Panamera will surprise you with its dynamics. That's the thing I actually like about it so much. The seats are great. The interior is nice. Oh, yeah. I would recommend the Panamera to you as an all-purpose, do-it-all The 4 or the 4S. I'd go 4S if you can.
1: And Uh, talk about a car that grows smaller the faster you drive it. It shrinks around you, especially on the track. It's
0: one of the best examples I've ever driven of that idea. Yeah. The more you push it, the more you go, this car's tiny. But yet you step out and you go, no, it's big. And it's actually not that attractive. But anyway. um, (laughs) All right. What else? If it was a a one-car thing, I think that. And then I actually pursued your two-car idea. Hmm. If you were going to go two-car, Part of me thinks, okay, you've got your commute car, which needs to be all-wheel drive, decent gas mileage, kind of bomb-proof. I kind of think Mazda CX-5. The I have Mazda that on my five, list, too. The little Mazda 5-seat SUV, great gas mileage, not an expensive car, going to run really well, going to run forever. It is an excellent car for its price point, even though it's not nearly as nice as some of the other cars we've been talking about. But you can get that CX-5 new. Have probably because you're you're talking about wanting to spend somewhere 50 60 grand all in whether you get one car or two cars that's what you're talking about so you could get a, a nice CX-5 and have 20 30 grand left over to uh, to play with for something fun. I think if you could do that, maybe then you could just go focused fun. You could go S2000 or Cayman. However, yeah, yeah. if you want to keep thinking about the kids, then you could actually go. I have to say it BRZ. They at least do have back seats. I don't want you to take a family road trip in that car but you could you could buckle some seats in and you could go if you wanted
1: that'd be a great Seca autocrossing car and Mm -hmm. that would solve the problem Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe you keep that BMW X3 it doesn't say if you've you know if that's paid off or not but there is an insurance discount for having two cars so that is a benefit of owning two and you know car for your needs right car for your needs that's what we were just talking about at the beginning of the show as you know and I think One. that's a pretty interesting idea. I had uh, a bit of a wild card. It was also German.
0: Okay. All right. I don't Bring know if it.
1: you could go auto crossing with this thing, but the Audi A4 All Road could be interesting. They're not quite, well, maybe they're just over 40, but yeah. great for yeah. families. It's got plenty of space. It's a wagon, and the All Road might be great for the harsh Michigan winters. And it could be kind of interesting. But I had the CX-5 on my list, too. That Mazda CX-5 I've been reading is now only available with the more powerful engine because cool. the engine. Uh, the base engine, that 155 horsepower engine, just wasn't cutting it. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Glad to see that. But uh, I had that on my list as well. Pretty interesting.
0: One one last car that you mentioned kind of in passing, and honestly, man, I, I think it might be the perfect idea for you, Derek. You said maybe a 997 911 someday. My question is, why someday? Mm. Because if you're willing to take, I mean, that's not going to be a great gas mileage car, but if you're willing to pay for the maintenance on it, you could get into a nice used one, a 4 or a 4S. Yes, you could put the kids in the back. Now, it doesn't have the latch system, You can, but you can strap them in. There's people online that talk about using car seats in those cars very sure. successfully. I love, and I do see it often off and on, even here in the mountains. Uh, you do see the dads doing the school run with the two kids in the back of the 911, and that just makes me smile. You yeah. could grab the 997. I think you would like it. Your wife would like it. We're big fans of that car. Why not do that? That might be the perfect answer. I hate to hit that 9-11 <laughs> can do everything thing, but th- it applies here. It really does.
1: When it's all-wheel drive, it's certainly a compelling choice. So there you go, yeah. Derek. We're very curious we should... to see what you've got.
0: Yeah, definitely. And congratulations again on the growing family. That's very cool. And yeah, I, I, yeah we, we understand this dilemma. So we're glad that you could share it with us. Let's move on to John's question in Alabama. Uh, John has an interesting mixed car history.
1: Yeah, he does. I was reading this. I'll read through it real quick so you'll get an idea of the kinds of cars John has owned. All right. So, John, you're looking for a maximum of $16,000 and under 100,000 miles. So we're looking for something used. But (laughs) you're currently driving an 05 Dodge Magnum RT and a 96 Honda Prelude, but you've had a Mitsubishi Eclipse, an Infiniti G35, a Ford pickup truck, (laughs) and to mix it all up again is a Pontiac GTO from 2004 or so yep talk about all over the map but i have to laugh kudos to
0: you kudos you're driving to you for lots the, for of cars car.
1: this is good yep, you know what That's different excellent. cars feel like so yeah no question yeah you're yeah as i mentioned 16k is the top so we're looking for something used and you did give us some options in here
0: some things and you're thinking I'm, of yeah
1: i'm intrigued by these options and i've got a few to add to that,
0: I'm intrigued uh, by some of the options, and I'm turned off by some. I mean, the ones you said you're mm-hmm. looking at right now, you said 06 to 2011 Civic Si, 0809 Mazda Speed 3, 0405 Dodge SRT4, 4, and possibly an older uh, VWR32. Uh, honestly, I just I, I can't recommend the Civic Si uh, of that generation. I just I, I I want that car to be more. I want it to live up to the rep you think it has when you step up to it. Sure. But I just don't think it does. The 0405 uh, Dodge SRT four is just <sighs> Runaway into the road. Runaway. I just <laughs> I, I can't I can't get excited about that car. I recommend yeah. it to you, honestly. The R thirty two, interesting, genuinely interesting. But I don't know that that's going to be that reliable a car for you. And I actually think, just performance-wise, by this point in technology, that car's just been outclassed, which... Interesting. Yeah. Leaves us with leaves us with the 0809 Mazda Speed three. Interesting choice. I think you actually might really enjoy that. that's gonna be a very different feel than the other cars you've owned so far, especially just in the area of Torque Steer. But it is a <laughs> lot of fun to drive. Genuinely very fun to drive. It is. But John, that you... car actually that car actually informed one of my wild cards. I'll come back to that. What were you gonna say?
1: Interesting. Well, John also has in here that you're interested in doing some light tuning and modifications and yeah, my head actually went to the early generation i think it was 07 to 09 that was that first generation of the Mazda Speed 3 which i'll bet you can find easily under 16k but i'm wondering oh, yeah definitely i'm wondering if you could find the 2010 to 2013 Mazda Speed 3 that next generation i'm i haven't done any shopping online yet but i'm wondering if you could buy smart and Maybe. find one of those. It's the next generation, little bit better car, some improvements done. We have driven that car, and it's a mm-hmm. hoot. So that might be we, an option. We driven,
0: yeah, we've driven both those generations of the Mazda Speed 3, and the the newer generation gets that uh, that kind of awful smiley face, but it is a, a more refined car. Yeah, uh, That is a really interesting consideration. That did make me think of my, one of my wild cards, though, which is Mazda Speed 6. Ah. All-wheel drive, sedan body style, it's that same 260-something horsepower 2.3-liter engine, I think it is, that's in the Mazda Speed 3. It's the same engine in a larger car. It does have, it's front-wheel drive bias, but it is an all-wheel drive car. Those things are sleepers. They're interesting to look at. They're actually really good-looking. You don't see those around very much. Material. You don't. You don't. That is one of those nice sleepers that gets forgotten about. Those are cool, cool cars, man. So, John, I would say if you find one, drive it. Just just at least test drive it to get a sense for it because it's a, that's a good wild card, I feel like. If you're thinking older Mazda Speed 3, why not see that engine in the bigger the bigger guy. Unfortunately, they are known to have some overheat problems because it is a smaller <laughs> high high-strung sure. engine in a yeah. larger car, but there are ways around that. And you can check out uh, forums and I'll talk about ways around that. But that was one of my wild cards for sure. Mazda Speed 6.
1: Very interesting. That's a cool choice. What year were those made? Was that 05-06 somewhere in there?
0: I'm going to I'm going to get it wrong. It's like 05 to 08 or it's in that range somewhere. It's maybe 0506. It it's, it's in this this range he's kind of talking about. Maybe a smidge older. Uh, they weren't made long, but man, they're interesting cars.
1: That's a rare beast. That's an interesting choice. I like that, because my head went to something turbocharged and front-wheel drive for your request, and that's where mm-hmm. I was sticking, but that's a very interesting choice. I think my wild card was two, well, call it three, <laughs> maybe okay. a VW GTI. I read this, and I think yeah. I I cannot yeah. not say GTI, even though, yes, the German maintenance might be a little bit more for your
0: pocketbook. But with the stuff he's looking at, I think that has to be considered here. Absolutely
1: Yeah. True. I've got to throw that out there. But what about a used Mini Cooper or a used Mini Cooper S? Todd and I really enjoy mm-hmm. driving that mm-hmm. car. Front-wheel drive, small, plenty of space inside, though, and just fun. So yeah, what about an older cars. Mini Cooper S that you could probably find one of those easily for about that price? And yeah. Some of the cars we've driven, I mean, well over 100,000 miles. So I don't know that the reliability would be that big of an issue. But again, it's German, so understand. And that would
0: be the smallest car you've ever owned by a good margin. <laughs> but they <laughs> yeah. are a lot of fun.
1: But it sounds like based on your car history, you're pretty much up for whatever. So that's why we're, we've, yeah. we're throwing some wild cards back here at you. And then my final one was this maybe another GTO. I had a friend who just picked one up for about 10k. It's a 10 year old car, but for 10 grand, all that power, it's a Chevy V8. You can tune the daylights out of it. There's yeah, plenty yeah. of stuff you could do to it. Fun, great car, and you know, save a little bit of money there too. So that might be an option: is getting another GTO if you liked that car.
0: Well, like, I'm glad you said that because he he mentioned in here that the favorite car he has owned was his '04 GTO. That was his favorite one. He yeah. Owned. Which made me think, yeah, you could get another GTO, but if you're wanting to broaden your horizons and get something else, I hate to come back to this again, but hello, Pontiac G8. Yeah, you're probably not, you're not going to be able to find the V8 big boy, the GXP. You're not going to be able to find that for this price point. I, at least I seriously doubt it. But uh, I you doubt could get it, yeah. the V6. You could get the V6. I'm pretty sure you can get the V6 with the stick, if I'm not mistaken. It's a good sized car. It's it's still smaller than the the, the Magnum you're driving right now, but it is True. it is larger than that GTO. But it's in this I feel like in this range of cars you've been talking about that you've owned and enjoyed. It's an interesting kind of step up. It's unique. They're good looking, they drive well. I say Pontiac G8, why not?
1: Why not? Very very cool suggestions well John hope that helps again when you decide on something I'm curious as to what you land on so please let us know Definitely. Yeah, but for yeah, now yeah. Uh, for now we'll wrap things up and to let you know we have introduced a page on patreon.com if you listen to the prior webcast prior podcast you yep. have been aware that we are starting this we're launching this so please check out the video patreon.com uh, slash everyday driver is that correct?
0: Yes, everything, anywhere you want to be on the web, you want to find (laughs) us, it's probably slash Everyday Driver. But but here's the thing, that Patreon page was something you guys recommended. Nothing is changing on our channel, nothing's going away, but if you guys would like to see more and help us do more, you can go to Patreon. Thank you for that, for those that already have. Right. Yes, if you want to find us anywhere, you want to find us on Facebook, you want to find us on Twitter, YouTube. Come on, say it along with me. It is Everyday Driver is the place for all of those. You can go to our website, everydaydriver.com. You can watch our videos there. The main reason we exist is video. There are some articles on there. Obviously, we're doing this podcast weekly, but we're working very hard to make oh, video yes. reviews as fast as we can. And please rate, please rate the watch podcast. Yes. Please rate, rate it on iTunes. Rate and watch our videos on YouTube, and uh, turn off your ad blockers if you would. That would also be helpful. Ah, yes. Thanks for but, saying
1: that. Ad blockers.
0: We, we we love having you here with us every week. Thank <laughs> you for all of you that are responding so positively to this podcast. It's getting in the top ten of automotive regularly. Yeah, and we're excited about that. And for small little us, we're we're really so encouraged. So please pass it on, rate it. That does help it grow further. We appreciate those of you that have done that.
1: Thanks, everyone.